I'm Kathleen Anderson, part skeptic, part believer, and your host of The Eclipse. Welcome to my podcast, where I dive into the unknown, seeking truth and hope with a healthy dose of skepticism and humor. Hello, hello, and welcome back. It's been a little bit since our last episode, but as some of you might or might not know, I recently started working for the man again. So I've been busy getting used to the old nine to five. Not that any of you are here for this, but let me tell you, I am loving the new work environment in 2024. Not everyone has this luxury, but I work eight hours a day, completely remote, with some pretty decent flexibility in how I slice those eight hours each day, which is awesome. Like, I get it. Like, the boomers out there, they want to argue that remote work is bad and it's going to go away and it's, you know, the cause of everything that's awful with customer service and things like that. But I got to tell you, I don't think that's entirely the case for every industry. Like for what I do, there's absolutely no reason for me to have to commute into an office and interact with people. I'll be honest, there just really, there really isn't. And what's great is, is I actually get more work done because I'm not having to do the commute type crap and I'm not getting distracted by small talk. And if anybody knows me, they know I am not a fan of the small talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not that I'm not friendly. It's not that I don't like people. It's just that there's always like certain people, especially in work environments and office work environments, that like the 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 most benign conversation can turn into like way more than what you bargained for. <laughs> so anyway, all that being said, I have been getting back into the groove. And so that's why the publishing of podcasts hasn't been happening as frequently. But I'm back and I'm ready to start episode 26. So this episode is actually dedicated to one of my husband's brothers who put him onto this Netflix documentary on remote viewing. And I don't remember the name of it. I should because it shows up every time we go to Netflix. It's like, because you watched blah, 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 you might be interested in all this other weird shit. But... (laughs) Like, I got to tell you, so remote viewing, if you're not sure what it is, it sounds pretty awesome when you look at it on the surface. In fact, for a period of time, when we were first kind of looking into remote viewing, I was like, you know, hey, I think that one of the things I need to put all of my energy into is training (laughs) to be a remote viewer. My husband didn't find that nearly as funny as I did. He just kind of rolled his eyes the whole time. Anyway, the reason what remote viewing is, is it's basically ESP or extrasensory perception. So the idea is, is that there are certain people who either naturally have this ability or are able to tap into this ability to perceive information and or images of places or people or events that are either happening in like a remote geographical location or at least a place that they're not like currently in. So for example, I had watched, we watched a show. I don't know if it was ancient alien, ancient aliens episode or what it was. It might've been, it, it might've been one of those other type of shows, but Nick Pope was in it, who I think is awesome. I really like Nick Pope. And he went to this place. I can't remember the name of it, but they had alleged remote viewers there. And so 
you know, they were they were looking for UFO encounters. Like they were hoping to have a UFO encounter while they were at this location. Something streaked across the sky that night, and the remote two different remote viewers were put in a room, and they weren't able to like interact with each other. But they had to write down and draw a picture of whatever it was that they were perceiving during that same moment and so in this show they you know they write down some kind of nebulous things and and then they like both draw a picture that looks kind of similar but it's just really kind of your basic geometric shapes and of course this like leads to oh this this is a really interesting conclusion oh sounds pretty trippy to go back kind of into why any of this even matters is that If remote viewing was possible, clearly the United States government would be super interested in it. And they legitimately were. Because think about it. Like, if we could train soldiers or intelligence operatives how to remote view stuff, we could find bad guys all over the place. Like, forget satellites or surveillance equipment. Just remote view yourself to the bad guys. Give the CIA the coordinates and boomski. Dead bad guys. Right? Pretty easy. There was a lot of research done and a lot of programs done by the United States government that was dedicated to remote viewing, such as one that was done by the Stanford Research International, otherwise known as SRI, at Menlo Park in California, led by physicists Hal Putoff and Russell Targ. They, those names come up quite often when it comes to kind of uh, paranormal and bizarre activity, as does Menlo Park. I believe I talked about Menlo Park a little bit in another episode. I can't even remember what it was about, but it's... It's like has connections to the plot of Stranger Things, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but anyway, then there was the before mentioned Project Stargate. I've talked about that a few times that touched on remote viewing capabilities. And then my favorite one that I found doing this particular research was done by the Defense Intelligence Agency named Project Sunstreak, which is a pretty cool name. Project Sunstreak was meant to actually train people in the art of what the report called coordinate remote viewing or crv here's the best part so i love reading these reports because they tend to be kind of boring actually but every now and then you find just an amazing nugget (laughs) just an amazing nugget that you're like you know nobody nobody proofread this beforehand knowing that this is going to be like a actual official document that someday somebody is going to do a foia request and going to find but anyway in the in the document which you can google the document there's this line Somewhere, perhaps in the unconscious mind, there exists what we will label the matrix. The matrix knows no boundaries and has no limitations. It contains all information about all things. It could be thought of as an omnipotent, or you could think of it as a database. That's literally, literally taken from the report on Project Sunstreak. (laughs) The matrix uh so cool i mean i the first movie was was good the second third and fourth are just crap but i enjoyed the first movie pretty good although if i was and we talked about the matrix in another episode an earlier episode and i'll be honest i would take the blue pill i think it's the blue pill right yeah the red pill is the one that wakes you up i would have taken the i'd have been like i'll take blue i'll take nyquil please I don't want to go through like the weird goopy shit with and have like all these gross nodes on my body. No thanks. Uh, NyQuil for me. I'll stay in the matrix. <laughs> so what do I think about this? All right. 
So I'm not sure actually what my brother-in-law thinks. I would imagine just the little bit that I know about him that he he's clearly intrigued by the idea of remote viewing and possibly believes that it's something that exists, that humans are capable of it, that maybe the United States government is training people in how to do it, and maybe the United States government uses remote viewing to assassinate our like our enemies. I will say that I think it is possible to have a sense about something. I don't necessarily think that it's remote viewing. Like, for example, I think that sometimes, you know, mothers, fathers, spouses, siblings that have very strong bonds can sometimes sense when something is devastatingly wrong with another family member. I mean, there's there's been since... I mean, since before modern times, there's been documentation of mothers like just knowing that their child is in danger and they're not even near their child and, and things like that. I don't necessarily think that's remote viewing. I think that has more to do maybe with just kind of the unseen, strong, emotional, and possibly spiritual connection that individuals can have with one another. Um, there's also like... They're talking about twins, right? First of all, I think twins are kind of creepy in and of themselves. Sorry for all you twins out there. Uh, I was actually allegedly supposed to be a twin, but I absorbed the other one while still in the womb, like Thunderdome style. <laughs> yeah, like no bullshit. So one time I went in, I was in the military, and I went in for my usual dental, annual dental checkup, which I hate. Not because I have bad teeth. I have outstanding, excellent teeth. Knock on wood, never had a cavity. I hate the cleaning. I hate how, like, you'll, you'll be in the dentist's chair and the dentist will be like, oh, you have fantastic teeth. And then the dental technician comes in to clean your teeth and they're like, oh, my God, do you even floss? Like, I just don't like it. I don't like the judgment. But anyway, they went to do, you know, they did the x-rays or whatever. And the dentist at the time came in and showed me my x-ray. And he was like, are you a twin or were you, like – did your mom expect you to be expect to have twins and then for whatever reason like only you came out and I was like not that I know of and he goes well you have a really interesting thing going on in your jaw that normally is only seen in that instance and so I have like a floating unfinished second jaw in my head pretty gross it's called something it's like an eagle's jaw I don't know. I have to look it up. I can't remember what it's called, but I was like, what? And so then I remember talking to my mom about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, the doctors did, like, they thought that there was twins. And then all of a sudden there weren't. I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, who knows if that's true? Uh, if you know my family backstory, you know, to take anything that comes from anybody on my side of the family with a grain of salt. But I enjoy the idea that I was... I was a badass as a fetus, basically. But back to the point of the story. Um, there's a lot of chatter about how twins are connected to each other in some way. Like twins can like kind of feel when the other twin is in pain or whatever. And I think that that's possible, but I think that's less to do with necessarily being twins or with remote viewing and more to do, like I said with before, with the kind of family connection with I think it's possible to have incredibly strong emotional and spiritual connections to people that can create like like vibes, if you will, or feelings that something's going on. I also think it's possible to sometimes like will or manifest something 
to happen. Not something necessarily like specific, because if that was true, I would manifest myself a million dollars. Um, and this podcast would be wickedly more successful than it is. <laughs> but like, for example, my husband points out to me often that every time we have ever like set our mind to making something happen, it always has happened one way or another. Not necessarily in the way that we like originally planned, but the end result when we're like, okay, we're gonna we're going to do this, and we we make that decision. It's always happened. So like with this new job that I have right now, I had last year it was a really awful year for us. Um, mainly emotionally due to my family bullshit but we took a bit of a hit financially again due to my family bullshit and so it required me to have to get back into the workforce and so I was like I'm gonna get a job and you know I'm gonna get a remote job that pays more than what I got paid the last time that I was in the workforce and sure enough not quite in the way that I expected it to happen I got a job making more than what I made before working remote. In fact, making exactly the amount of money that I set out to get a job making. So, or like, for example, moving out to Virginia. You know, when we when we were first, we retired, I retired out of Oklahoma and I had gotten a job, ironically enough, with the same people that I'm working with now. And at the time, the position was remote, but was eventually going to be in office. And so the office was in Washington, D.C., and so we were going to have to move out to Virginia. And we didn't really have, like, a set idea as to how that would work. But we were like, well, we're moving to Virginia. And sure as shit, and we moved to Virginia. So and any number of positive things that we as a family have firmly believed we were going to accomplish, we accomplished. And so I think that that my husband is correct that whether it's like our own personal will manifesting it or like our motivation coupled with divine intervention making things happen I think it's possible now do I believe remote viewing specifically is possible in the sense that someone can actually see something happening somewhere else in like their mind's eye no I think it's kind of like magicians or hypnotists that are really good at like extrapolating information in order to appear to be like mystically enabled. And maybe it's because I lived in Las Vegas for a time and I used to go to Las Vegas quite a bit. By the way, not ragging on Las Vegas. We love Las Vegas and someday we plan to move back. But if you're there, you end up just... You just end up, you know, witnessing like magic tricks or hypnotism and things like that because it's very hip and very big in Las Vegas. And it's always the same. It's always, it's just smoke and mirrors. It's all smoke and mirrors, baby. That's what I think about remote viewing. I'm sorry to my husband's brother. <laughs> I think you're awesome. I think you're a really nice guy. Uh, and it's, it was interesting to kind of dive into this, but as it stands right now, I don't believe remote viewing is a thing. <laughs> All right. Please be sure to follow us on Spotify and subscribe to my Substack, The Sweet Struggle, where I also have all of our episodes published. Keep an eye out. My husband and I are working on our next podcast adventure that will be a little different than this one, a little bit of a different topic. And we're also planning to have it uh, available on YouTube and Rumble. So we're still in the works for it. We've got the title kind of ironed out. My husband's got the intro and outro music figured out. We're just kind of working out some of like the 
cover art and things like that. So, but keep an eye out. We no longer have a podcast specific social media account, but you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at, at Mohawk Moderate. You can also follow me on Instagram at, at Mohawk Conservative. Uh, and you can also follow me on LinkedIn if you want. Thank you again for listening, and please take the time to follow me on Substack, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. My name is Kathleen Anderson, and you've been listening to The Eclipse.